Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed powered by ACAST Plus. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ball Back Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th, which is sold out on the website, but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway, look, let's sit back, relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring, the genius podcaster. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to another Rahalastapa Book Club. This week we are looking at the fantastic book, You Are Not Alone by Cariad Lloyd. Um, hello, Cariad. How are you doing? Hello, Richard. I am exhausted, but it's very are nice you? to see your face. Yeah, I yeah, am actually. I'm just from childcare or overwork? Bit of childcare, both. bit of overwork, bit of, bit of burnout, bit of all of those things together. <laughs> bit of like yeah. post- PTSD, post-pandemic stress disorder. Um, yeah. But apart from that, I'm fine, you know. Okay, good. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been quite tired. And then just this week, I seem to have rallied a bit. I don't know why. Oh, but I, haven't I, but I, haven't been, I haven't been working much. So that might be, <laughs> that might be the that might be the key. Oh, that um, might be it. Yeah, that might be, yeah. I need a fucking break. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm fine. Very excited to be here. Thank you for choosing my book for your book club. No, I, I, I loved it. I listened Aww. to it uh, on Audiobooks book a couple of weeks ago. Um, and tell us a story of it. Obviously, it comes out of your fantastic podcast, Griefcast. So it's nice to see a book that has emerged from yeah, a podcast. podcast yeah, yeah. That's but tell, nice. us a, tell us a little bit for anyone who doesn't know, tell us a bit about Griefcast and how the book came about. Well, I will. I should. I want to say very quickly, in case anyone listens to the audiobook, there is a problem with the original audio files, and it sounds okay. like I'm doing a child's voice at one point. <laughs> and I keep getting messages from people going, "Wow, how? Why did you do that? And how? Uh, that is, you should re-download it if you've downloaded the audiobook, and it sounds weird. That's not my theatrical decision to play myself okay. as a child. Anyway, yeah. Um, my dad died in 1998 when I was 15. So I joined the club early, as I like to say on the show, and I'd been talking about grief for like 
quite a long time but not not publicly like never in my work at all like it was always very like hushed you know you might find someone at a party and they might say oh sorry I'm a bit weird like you know my mum just passed away and I'd be like oh my god let's talk about it oh my god someone else in the club like I was like desperate for people to talk about it and um in 2016 as I'm sure you'll remember it was the birth of podcasts when podcasts were only comedians like that's they were the only people bothering to buy mics and do this stupid thing um And I, all my friends that week had like announced, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a podcast. And I was walking along the road and I thought, oh, hmm, if I had a podcast, it'd probably, what could I do? I'd probably just talk to people about death. <laughs> and then I thought, well, that's a terrible idea. That's awful. That will never, <laughs> ever happen. Who would listen to it? And um, it was just one of those ideas that just, you know, it just keeps, you keep thinking about it, keeps knocking on your door, keeps going, why don't you just do that? And I was pregnant with my first child. And so I wasn't really working. And um, I thought, oh, maybe I just record a few and see if it works. And then um, obviously I decided to interview comedians because that's the people I had in my phone book. When I say phone book, Gen Z, I mean the numbers on my phone, <laughs> saved in my phone. <laughs> and um, I recorded four and the luck is that my daughter was two weeks late. That's what happened. And so in that <laughs> two weeks, I learned to edit and put them up on SoundCloud and and then you know, had a baby, <laughs> thought, well, yeah. that, that's good. The idea's done. Yeah. And then I just started getting loads of emails and I was like, oh, the idea isn't done, is it? Because other people feel like you do and other people want to talk about it. But I didn't know until yeah. I put the first four out, which was, you know, Sarah Pascoe, Sarah Pascoe, Adam Buxton, Jade Adams and uh, comedy producer John Harvey. So that's what the first four was just very, you know, people right. I knew really who talked about their grief publicly. That's why I kind of spoke to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is, it's one of those subjects. I mean, that as comedians, we sort of do like as well a little bit because it's yes. something that people don't talk about, but it's something that people should absolutely talk about and that talking about it at really helps. And that's, that's what, uh, that's why the podcast is such a success because people want to hear other people's experiences to, to know that. They're not alone, which is the great title of the <laughs> so book. That's my went for. That's my went for. And uh, you know, but it's just it's just that reassurance, but also that, that as you discovered straight away that that people were contacting you to to talk to you about you know to to tell you their stories as well. So it's it's yeah yeah definitely. And I just hadn't. I just sort of thought I was a bit odd, and I, I was sort of you know I wanted to talk about it, but no one else really did. And also that was my big thing. That's why, I mean, obviously I knew comedians, but the big thing was I knew that if I spoke to comedians, they'd make jokes and that it wouldn't be depressing because I couldn't yeah. think of anything worse than like listening to a podcast about death for an hour and then feeling like, you know, pressing stop on your phone and being like, oh, I feel worse. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, I want you to at least after an hour think, well, you know, I do still feel shit, but I did laugh. And at least yeah. that person has also been through it so that you'd feel like 5% better. You'd be like, oh, I guess, yeah, I'm not the only one. And that really helped me when I found other people I, who'd been through similar situations. I, I found it really like, oh, okay, yeah, this is just something that happens. And, you know, obviously not to everybody and that, that as in not everyone loses um, a parent that young, but I found other people who had or lost even younger. And that made me think, yeah. oh, okay, there's actually quite a lot of us who have been through this, but no one 
you know, you obviously when you meet someone, you don't always know their trauma. But now, yeah. thanks to the times we are living in, you do. <laughs> thanks, times. But it's it's good, you know, and it is it, it is something obviously that's, that the situation is more difficult for some people than other people. I think for you, so it, it, no, there's it's it's this isn't in no way a comedy book. There are some funny things yes, in the book, but, no, it, it's, but it's, a ser- it's a serious book, and it's very yeah. much, I would say, for people who are grieving, right? Who are who are who are struggling with grief. That's the sort of the intended. Or, yeah, or just yeah. or, 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 or hit by grief. They're not necessarily struggling with it, but you know, are trying to cope with uh, how they feel and how they should feel and how they're made to feel. Uh, and um, yeah, so it's it's I, 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 I'm not going through gr- grief at the moment. In fact, I don't. You know, I don't think I I've, you do talk about somebody in the book who goes to you. Oh, you know, you'll get over it though because it's not that bad. <laughs> who then discovers he's never had any real yeah. uh, unexpected. <laughs> I suppose it's the, un- it's the unexpected thing, which, you know, there are elements where that's happened to me. I might talk to you later about, weirdly, I think, like, when I was ill a couple of years ago, you know, I sort of had grief for myself in the moment yeah, when I yeah. discovered that I probably had cancer. But also from, from the other side, from my own kids, I was sort of... Was, was sort of worried about what would happen to my kids if, uh, you know, if I was to, to go sort of imminently. So I kind of, you know, I do understand it. Uh, but uh, But, yeah, I think this book will be will be very helpful for for anyone who who is is feeling alone and feeling that there's there's nowhere to turn because it's a it's about you know net you don't ever let go of that grief and you're not you know people encourage you to get over it and that's not the that's not the answer is it yeah i hope so i mean you know i have a chapter in it chapter in it called what to say and what not to say so that was obviously aimed at people who as we say, aren't in the club. Or I also like to say that maybe you haven't had capital G grief, you know, like you might have known people, but it hasn't like massively hit you like, oh, that's sad rather than like, oh my God, my world has imploded. Um, And yeah, I hope it, I wanted it to be, I sort of use the phrase sometimes like a roadmap in the way that a map doesn't tell you where to go. It just shows you what the land looks like. So that's what I'm trying to show you. Like this is what, this is what grief looks like. It can be a bit rough, but like we we all did make it through to the like next level. Um, But yeah, massively, the biggest thing I felt was after doing nearly 200 episodes, like seven years of interviews, everybody I spoke to would say to me like, oh, I didn't do that very well. or I don't think I did that right. And I suddenly clocked about, you know, halfway through my years of podcasting and thinking, well, then none of of us did this right. (laughs) Like nobody, there isn't a right way to do, but we're all convinced oh, someone else is doing this better than I am. Like, I'm just making my, making it up as I go along. And actually, grief is a completely unique process and no one can tell you what's right for you. And there's lots of things we have in common, you know, that like that we can all meet each other in that, in that sort of point on the road. But, you know, your road is your road. And the idea I really wanted to get across is, yeah, you don't get over it. You don't get over it. And that doesn't mean every day is like a nightmare and you're weeping. And I, I always stress to people, like, I don't have a picture of my dad up surrounded by candles that I like pray to every night. Like it's, that's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone who, you know, if you say to me, are you still sad that happened? I would say, yeah, I'm still, I'm still sad that that kind of happened because it was my dad. (laughs) But, and are you still, someone asked me the other day, like, well, are you still grieving? And I was like, well, why do we, why do we want people to either be in it or out of it? It's like, it's just something I live with. It's, you know, the same way that I have mild asthma if it gets too cold. You know, it's just like something I live with. It doesn't always bother me, but at times it does. And at times I need to like yeah. allow it to bother me. 
And the book is, you know, as well as being, because it, it, it comes out of the podcast, so there's some excerpt and the audio, but there's some literal excerpts from the podcast. Uh, but it's, it is, a, lo- a lot of it is your story and your story with your dad, um, which is very moving, but, but equally it's sort of very honest in terms of, um, you know, not, yeah, not turning him into like a, a figure of like saintly figure. Of oh, God, this no. Man I mean, amazing. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> but equally, be... yeah. But, but equally, not, you know, being honest enough to admit that, you, you know, things fade or you remember someone from a certain point. Of, well, you remember your dad when he was very ill. It, was, it took you a while to kind of yeah, get memories yeah. of him when he wasn't very ill, which, which you know, is very, um, very sad. So it's, it's you know, and I think I guess also fifteen losing a parent at fifteen is possible. I mean, I thought about this a lot because I'm with my kids, I was thinking, yeah, yeah. you know, it would now be a, would it be better if I die now before they will remember me, or would it be better if I, you know, so like <laughs> you well, from the other you, end, yeah, you don't get any, you know, it has it's pros and cons to everything. I'm always saying that, like I don't, I get to think. You know, with my dad dying at that age, I I didn't get to finish the conversation. That's the big thing with being a teenager. You're like halfway through still treating them as a child, you know, you as the child and you're kind of becoming an adult and you're starting to see them as an adult, but not not really at 15. You still think like they're basically a twat. I'm like, what are they asking you to do? Like, why are they there? And I was. And you don't get to sort of then look at them and be like, oh, I see you're just doing your best and it was hard and, you know, you were tired. <laughs> you, were, you were running a business from the study in the house. Like, yeah, that must have been stressful. Um, yeah. So you don't get to see that. But equally, yeah, you don't get to, you know, I often think, because we had such a cantankerous relationship, I often think, well, in one way, we didn't, we haven't had a lot of the arguments that I know we would have had. So, yeah. like, it's not that I'm glad he died at all, but it's just there's always another sort of way of reframing it or looking at it and being like, yeah, he's frozen in that world. Um, and that, yeah, it, it is painful. And I suppose, you know, obviously I have a background in comedy, but I wanted the book to be honest. And I knew from my own experience of grieving that you, you have to say to people like how bad, how bad it can be because it can be. And if you try and deny it and be like, Oh, it's all right. You'll be all right. You'll get over it. You know, then two, you know, two months into it, they're like, what the fuck? This is fucking off. Why didn't no one tell me? So I wanted to really put in some of that painful stuff to be like, yeah, look, this was so painful, but yet I am here and I'm all right. Even with those memories, like I found a way to deal with even that. Um, I think it's important people see that, that, you know, it's, it's many things. It's not, oh, it's the worst, you know, he died. Therefore I'm a, I'm a complete mess. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> or like he died. Therefore everything's wonderful. Cause I've appreciate life. And I, I appreciate the smells every day. Like, you know, you, you don't, um, it's more complicated than that. Of course. Yeah. And you know, and what's interesting, I think again, and I think I would still recommend it to people who aren't grieving because I think it's still like an, a really important book to read because you should recommend to about, everyone, guys. Whoever's got an Amazon it, account or likes buying books from independent bookstores, <laughs> you, you should think about death. But you know, I think like grief is an interesting thing because because it we're supposed you know the, you're supposed to feel it's private. It's almost a shameful thing, and you talk about the how this all you know how that sort of feeling began, but it's sort of so weird. You know, to fit to for someone who's grieving to feel, oh, I better not talk about this because it'll it'll bore people or annoy people, and people who aren't grieving, you know, so it's sort of like the sad version of becoming a 
parent, isn't it? In the, yeah. you know, no one wants you to talk about your kids. Yeah, no one wants and to. And no one wants you to talk about your your dead relatives or, or whoever it might be. So, Or you feel that. And, yeah, that is it's such a, a weird thing because, obviously, you know, the, I mean, it, that's what's lovely about this podcast and about the, you know, that it has become various clubs uh, and, 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 a, and a place for people to meet to talk about it because it's, you know, because absolutely we should be talking about this stuff and 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 the idea of grief being private is and you know and something to hide away i mean is is that is that from the sort of victorian times is that you you do discuss that in, yeah in i don't it's so it's so strange isn't it like because the thing i always find mind boggling is like it's not like i'm special like it it's going to happen to everybody every single person like not everybody has kids not everybody like buys a house or goes to university like but the universal experience we'll all have is being born and, and dying so it's kind of weird that we it's kind of weird that we don't talk about it because yeah. it, it's definitely going to happen but I think there's this mutual thing where the people who are grieving feel like they can't bring it up because like somehow it's boring or like you're you're bumming everyone out with your depressing death stories so they've got this sense of like, oh, no one really wants to hear it. And the people listening to them are like, oh, I can't ask them. I don't want to upset them. So yeah. I don't want to upset. I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to upset them. So then you get this mutual like politeness, which means nobody discusses anything, which like they desperately want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and as I say in the book, like if you the, the reason Griefcast works and is and is a successful podcast is, you know, on that show I'm letting people turn up in a studio for an hour or be on zoom and I'm saying give me the name of your person talk about them for an hour and that just doesn't happen in any, in any other you know sphere of our world like every other sphere is like oh I better change the subject or you know I don't want yeah. to oh, I'm getting upset and just to give someone a space and be like for an hour I'm just going to ask you about them and how you felt about them and what were they like and I'm not going to go anyway oh oh dear oh a bit depressing oh you know well, why don't we have a cup of tea like I'm just going to sit with you in there and what yeah. I've learned from from doing that is that it's fine. Like, it's actually fine. We all have such a fear. And I, I definitely did as well. Of like, oh, God, what if it's really depressing? Or I, I don't want to be there. And actually just give someone enough time to talk about it till they're done. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm done now talking about them. No one, you know, you, you naturally feel like the need to change the emotional status. You don't sort of sit wailing for three hours. That's not how most people right. work. And so I think it's just this thing of like, people do want to talk about it. They really do. They want to talk about their person. They want to remember them because it feels like they didn't exist because no one's talking about them. And yet people aren't asking because they think, oh, look, I don't want to upset them. But actually it's more upsetting to yeah. not talk about the person, to not be asked, to act like nothing's happened. And, you know, every, this is the thing, grief is unique. No one can really understand your grief, but every grieving person I've spoken to has said it's really annoying when no one asks me it's really upsetting yeah. when people change the subject or they cross the road even because they're like don't want to they know something awful's happened to me and like you know they just don't bring it up so I wish we would just allow people to be to be sad and not be so panicked when it happens you know if somebody starts yeah. crying when you say to them oh I'm so sorry about your dad and they well up a bit and they're like oh oh thanks you know that doesn't mean you made them cry. You've upset no. them. The death made them cry. The dead dad <laughs> is making them cry. You're just allowing them to express something and giving them space to be like, yes, you can be sad for two minutes. And I'm going to be here for you. And I think that's the thing of like I, I say in the book, like you can't re-dead the dead. <laughs> like that's happened. So you asking is not going to make it worse. You can be awkward or crass or say something insensitive that might, you know, be painful but you can't really make it worse like the bad thing has happened 
So once you sort of let yourself off the hook a bit and kind of go, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to ask them. And if they yeah. get really upset, I can always say, oh, God, sorry, this is too upsetting. We can change the subject. But I just wanted you to know that I care. I just wanted to try and be here for you. I'm sorry if I've done yeah. it badly. <laughs> like, no, it's, totally really, it's a really good point. And, you know, and, and reading the book, I kind of, re- you know, I realize, I think because there's no, for anyone, there's no script. There's no, you know, there, yeah. there, we, there's no real way of knowing what the polite thing to do. And I do, you know, you make some very good points in the book, but I, you know, I met a friend who I hadn't seen for a couple of years, probably since before lockdown. And his brother had died during lockdown. And, you know, I didn't say anything uh, about it. And then somebody else mentioned it. And then there was all this like, oh, you know, we did, yeah, I didn't know whether to say anything or everything. And of course, he wanted, you know, he, he wanted yeah. to, it to be acknowledged. So it's much better to acknowledge it. And I th- I've, I've read a couple of books about death. I think this is from yours <laughs> just in the last week. So if I get confused. Then, <coughs> I'll then take it. I'll take anything but, you say. But, it's mine. It's mine. But I it's said just, it. so someone, just someone says, um, oh, that's a bit fucking shit, isn't it? It's just like, yes, it's yes. Just, just being able to say that is is shit, enough, you know, yeah, because yeah. This, that's really fucking a terrible and shitty thing to happen. Because it's difficult to know what to say. Because like, yeah. and I, you know, I, I did a show about death and, you know, people saying, oh, I'm sorry, is a, is a weird thing to say because yeah, it's not yeah. their fault, as you say. So it, it's really different, but it's really, we don't have the vocabulary to to do it. So I think, you know, I think, oh, that's that's really fucking shitty. You know, I th- and also I had a friend who had cancer who I knew was almost certainly going to die. And we went out to the he, t- he invited me to cricket and we went to cricket. This is the last time I saw him. Uh, and he'd, he'd, he'd given, you know, he'd, he'd set up the comedy club where me and Stu met and, and set loads of people on the road to comedy and stuff. And yeah, you know, I I really wish in hindsight I'd just said, you know, I didn't want to acknowledge yeah. that this might be the last time we met because that would be to say you're not going to make it through this, which, I, you know, there was still a chance he would make it through. It was unlikely and he didn't. But equally, you know, I really regretted not just, mm. you know, even as we said goodbye, not just making a little bit of it or just saying, look, I just want to thank you. For... Yeah. I mean, you know, he knew I was grateful and he knew he, I'd, I'd said things but not directly to him. And, and that's sort of weird the way I mean, that's, you know, it's, and I, I was going to say it's like, it's being a man, but I don't think it is just being a man. It's no, it's, I don't. It's, yeah. It's I agree human you. Thing, isn't it? I think it's a really human thing. And I think, you know, oh, partly why I said that in the book is the things I regret not telling my dad. Like I, mm. I sort of want to be like this time traveler from the past being like, <laughs> look, I did it. I lived it. And I regret it. Please don't do what I did. And even though I've, you know, forgiven myself for, the things I didn't ask him, I think exactly like you said, it's easy to not say it. Like it's, it's easier in the moment not to say it, but it's not easier in the long term. And it's trying to get people to sort of make that click in their heads of like, I know, I know, God, I know saying to someone beforehand, like, look, I just need to know what you want for your funeral. Or I just need to know what, like, if something happens to you, like, where is everything? (laughs) Like, and, and I just want you to know that I, like I'm I'm gonna miss you like all of the stuff is is very difficult to say but as you said that regret of thinking oh I didn't just take the leap jump off the hide board and just just do it because of of what we're so like we're so afraid of it and as I said it's like this it's almost a mad thing to be afraid (laughs) this is a terrible metaphor it's like being afraid of like going to the loo like it's just it's gonna happen it's happening to all of us the more we just laugh about it admit it like this is what happens then we can just breathe a bit and be like oh yeah we're all these weird animal this animals and this is the thing that happened to us you know we live and we breathe and we die and i i i understand and 
I get like evangelical about it, but it's just, as I said, I joined this club so early. I feel like I learned this lesson at 15 of like, oh fuck, people fucking die. Like you, this is not, a, you know, you can't run from this. You can't hide from it. You can't educate yourself enough to protect yourself from it. Like you, you know, my dad was an extremely healthy person. Like he was training for an Ironman. Like he was like running triathlons and marathons. So even that, you know, the protection we give ourselves of health. Like, well, I'm healthy. I'll be okay. And it's like, not, not always. <laughs> like, so and people think, obviously, that sounds quite morbid. But what I mean by that is like, don't waste these chances that we do get to say these things to people or have that conversation. And like, yeah. I'm sure your friend understood. And I always think right. when it comes to like death and grief, certain people don't say it and certain people do. So I'm sure he had people who who did acknowledge it. Like you said, yeah. that conversation with the brother, like somebody says it and then you can open it up and it doesn't always have to be, you know, you don't have to be always the one like, like I'm going to open this conversation, but it's about like, yeah, trying or when it does not shutting it down and being like, oh yeah. And I, I always say a lot to people, it's not a short term thing. Like if you feel you fucked up once or I didn't ask them or I didn't really bring it up, you can fix it. Like even if it was two yeah. years ago, 10 years ago, you can say to someone, I'm so sorry. When that came up about your brother, I didn't say anything because I was absolutely panicking and, yeah. and that's so shit. And I just want you to know I'm aware it's shit. I'm sorry. Like we sort of feel like if we don't get it right in the first two weeks, well, that's it. I'm out. I fucked up. So I'm never going to bring it yeah. up again. <laughs> like That's still not bringing it up. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. I just remembered actually, I, we did just with my friend who died. We did, he did. He just said to me at one point, uh, if I do die, will you, I'd like you to do, uh, you know, a, a, a speech would you like to do a speech at the funeral i said oh i'd be delighted <laughs> and, then, and then we both really laughed at that. <laughs> so that was so that was all right but there, was, so there right. was you know there wasn't there wasn't an acknowledgement and, yeah and, and i did fuck up but it was in you know it was in a funny way and i think that's you've got to own the fuck ups and yeah, i think yeah. any, everyone you know you know from the other side that it's that people will fuck up if people are if people aren't being deliberately mean if they're not yeah, going ah, yeah. you know then you're most human beings are going to respond with look I understand what you're trying to say and you know yeah. I know you don't I know you won't be delighted and that's the thing that I, I'm dead I try to say as well to kind of get because sometimes it can be like the club versus the people not in the club of like oh they don't understand or they said something insensitive and I'm trying yeah. to say all the time to like you know I get emails from people of like look they're not it's not malicious when people really most of the time when people say something stupid it's just fear it's fear and having no practice like we we're all you know even the pandemic when you saw people again you're like oh god I'm so out of practice of like chat <laughs> like <laughs> how do I chat what do I say and it's the same with grief like because we don't have these conversations from an early age and we don't see our parents having them and we don't see our relatives talking about it that we don't learn of like oh you should fucking bring it up or you should ask questions or you should you know talk about it so it is something that, of course, I think except you're going to be bad at from the beginning. I yeah. definitely I was. I've only, the only reason I can spout this off now is because I've been talking to people for seven years about death beforehand. <laughs> I definitely wasn't like as cool with asking about it. I'd be like, oh God, um, ugh, okay, I'll try. Yeah. So, you know, don't be afraid to be wrong, I think is the big thing. Yeah. If you want, if you want to help, you know, if you feel like, look, I'm not the person to help, that's also absolutely fine. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. And you, know, and you admit in the book that you're, you know, you had, you, at the time you hadn't written a will. Have you written a will now? Have you, have you had done I that? Did you because you will? I felt so <laughs> bad about writing this chapter about wills and like not <laughs> being prepared. Here's the thing about writing, isn't it? I was like, I've got to write about preparing. Oh, I'm not prepared. And I thought, well, that's a good angle. I'm not prepared. I'll yeah. be honest. And then I thought, well, you're going to have to do it now. So yes, now I do have a will, although I haven't properly sorted it, completely finished all the bits, mm. but I have done oh. it. I think I need to do something else, they said. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, isn't it enough? I filled out an online form. What more do you want from me? (laughs) But yes, wills. And the big thing I have in that chapter, which I know is uncomfortable for lots of people to talk about, but, you know, bare minimum is a will. No, bare minimum is at least telling someone your laptop password. (laughs) Like, just let them know. And then a will. And then you can have this thing called advanced care planning, which, you know, you can just get off the internet, these templates. So if you have an accident of your vegetative state, it, you know, tells your loved ones what you would want to happen to you. And it's scary stuff. I, I totally... I totally know how I used to feel about it versus how I feel now. But it's just, I think, interesting. So many people don't know it's even an option that you can like, you can nominate a legacy contact on your Facebook. So that if you die, somebody is in charge of sorting it all out and gets permission to shut down things or doesn't, you know, can memorialize your account. And I just think there's a lot of stuff that we just don't realize we might need to deal with or someone might, you know, we might need to deal with for someone else. Sure. Yeah, it's and, and look, like you say, there is, there, you know, there's some, there's funny stuff. There's a funny story. I promise about, it's funny, you know, guys. It's funny too. It is, you know, but but it, well, it's it's. I mean, I love the audio, but uh, because it was great to hear all the the other voices. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but you know, you do. I think you probably the the humour of it does come across from the audio. But there's a there's a very funny the, the story about your dad's ashes, which oh, is not God, a funny yeah. occasion. Is, it I was mean, funny. People, it was. People must have low. You know, there must be so many th- funny things that happen with with ashes because it is such oh, a God, yeah. uh, both like the fact that where they were stored, <laughs> and stored then what happened yeah. to them when, <laughs> when they were <laughs> yeah he was in the wardrobe for 10 years because we just didn't know what to do and then my mum would never tell me until I w- went to go into the wardrobe <coughs> and I saw this bag and I was like what's that mum what's that She's like oh that's your dad and I was like what <laughs> like oh is he should we well yeah probably (laughs) oh okay and we did eventually um spread his ashes in wales and yeah true you know absolute comedy style as we spread them it went in my face and went in my eye and my eye was like pouring with water 
the worst bit was my mum and my brother looking at me like, oh, this is quite bad, isn't it? Like, <laughs> is she going to like, you know, that family look of like, is she going to kick off or is she going to yeah. like be fine? Like, oh shit, you know what she's like, this could go either way. Yeah. And um, I did just laugh because I thought, I mean, how ridiculous that I've got <laughs> my dad's ashes in my eye. It was really painful. My of eye course. was pouring. And then it's like, you're trying to get it out. And you're like, what am I doing? Like, is, should, is that rude? Is it rude to do that? I don't know. What was it? Yeah, so that was um, <laughs> that was. I mean, it felt right though. It's quite a nice, and because we because we'd waited so long to spread his ashes, we were all quite you know built up and nervous and like oh god, like we're finally doing it and trying to have this meaningful ceremony. And then when that happened, I, I think it did relieve a lot of tension. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh well, whatever we whatever you we're not very sort of, I don't know, we're not a family where poetic things happen. It's sort of always something stupid happens, you know. But yeah, from the podcast, I've had so many stories like that where just you just can't believe like what what is happening in the face of this momentous, dignified situation, you know, where someone is dying, the breath is leaving their body. And one I can't remember who told it to me, but somebody said um there was a cleaner in the hospital. And she kept switching off the hoover and going, I'll wait, I'll wait, just let, let me know. And they were like waiting for their mum to die. And they were like, oh, right, okay. But she was saying it like they should be grateful. So they were like, oh, th thank you. She was like, I'll come back in a minute when it's when she's gone. And they were like, why? We, we'd be great. We didn't have to deal with this right now, you know. I just love it's that sort she... sort of worse yeah, afterwards worse. as well. Oh, she's oh, gone. No, she's dead. She's gone. You can start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just around the edges. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, do the sides. Yeah. <laughs> but that's pure, you know, but, it, but funerals oh, God, and, yeah. and that situation, it is so solemn that that's where comedy comes from, isn't yes. it? When things are so serious and, every, and there's, that it's, every, it's everything that a joke has. It's people being yes. not laughing. It's tension. Yes, it's exactly. it's a, some, something you have to take very seriously. So then whenever anything goes a little bit wrong. It's too uh, it's glorious, just, isn't it? It's, like, it's oh, too God. glorious, but also it should, you know, I, it should be, there should be laughter at funerals and there should, yeah, you know, there definitely. should be, there should be happiness really as well in memory. It's obviously harder in certain circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, and I, yeah. You know, I get asked that a lot by interviewers who, not comedians, who say, oh, humour and grief, you know, what, what why and you're just like, like you said I also think we forget how absurd death is like the fact that someone can be there and then not be there it's, it's mad it's absolutely yeah. mad it sure is the punchline of a joke it makes no sense that someone you love and care for is breathing and talking to you and then they can not be and so I think there's a lot of times where the laughter is like you said it's that tension of like what the fuck <laughs> so you kind of <laughs> laugh and I think that's why I love interviewing comedians about their grief because the way they see it and process it it is always to see the absurdness of it and how all of this makes no sense. All of this, you know, all of the, everything we're doing makes no sense. And I, I really love their take on it. And I always find those episodes, obviously I love, I love talking to all my guests, but the comedians ones where I've like laughed my head off whilst hearing this terrible, <laughs> terrible story just makes you go, God, yeah, that's life, isn't it? It's both, it's both of those things. And yeah, it's not always possible. I mean, my other theory is that when you laugh, you like take in more oxygen, like you physically have to breathe harder. And I do think there's something in that when something, especially in hospitals where like someone's very sick and ill and you feel a bit like you're dying, it feels like you've sort of caught it and, you know, you're dealing with med medicine and curtains pulled and you're kind of all in that brain. And then when you laugh, it's like your body's reminding you, you're still fucking here, you're still alive. And it's quite a nice sort of moment where you're like, oh yeah, I'm okay. And I think you feel that's the, where the guilt comes in slightly of like, oh, I can laugh. I'm free. I can breathe. Oh God, they can't. 
But I think we need to get a bit kinder to ourselves and being like, yeah, they can't, they're dying. That's what happens. It's all right for you to still be here. Remind yourself, my feet are still on the ground. I'm still breathing. I'm still okay. And I will live through this. But it's quite, um, it's quite a nuanced, overwhelming sense of emotions when you are obviously at the same time heartbreaking for somebody who's dying that you love. I mean, there's loads of interesting stuff in this book, and I won't. We're not. We, we haven't got time to talk about all of it, and I don't want to blow it all because I want people to enjoy well, enjoy it and read it for themselves. Uh, but I, I found it very interesting to talk about your dad um, when you in that analog and d- digital yeah, thing yeah. that's happened that that people who died before for the internet. this century really are not anywhere on the, online. It's sort of I've, I've realised it when I looked up old teachers and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's there's nothing about them at all on the internet. It's absolutely, it's kind of, it's sort of so bizarre to think that, 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 you know, 20 years or whatever is. Oh, it's it, mad, it, isn't it? it? Yeah. Isn't it? But it's such a fascinating thing to think about. And, and, and then what digital footprint we all have now. I mean, that's the, the, the thing I thought about myself is if I ever do die, <laughs> there's so much stuff for my kids. If they don't know who I am, there's so much stuff for them to find out who I was. <laughs> if, it, if the internet is still there, I mean, there's way too much. I don't think they could ever catch up. Overwhelming would, amount of I like... Would, I wouldn't want them to, but yeah, you know, there's no... As long as the internet's still there, there's no danger of me being like entirely gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but, but it is sort of fascinating that... that that someone who died seemingly so recently yeah. is is you know you can't you you Google him and there's there's Nothing no results. I know, and I didn't obviously, as I say, I, it didn't occur to me until I started doing the grief cast. And I remember the first time doing an interview with someone, and they were describing their dad or something, and they said, "Oh, well, let me show you a picture." And I thought, oh, "How would you do that? <laughs> like, what do you mean, picture of your dad?" And they just got their phone and just flipped it because it was on their lock screen. And I was like, "What the?" F- what how is it on your lock screen I mean obviously I could digitize a picture but it was just the readiness and the ease you know that people have yeah so yeah I'm an analog griever because he died in 1998 but everyone sort of post 2000 is really is digital grievers because they tend yeah. to have digital photos voice notes emails social media profiles you know this array of memories and I was so jealous I was so jealous at first I was like I can't believe it I've got nothing I've got some like tawdry objects he bought me and then um they're not tawdry sorry they're very nice I do like them and then um and then I sort of realized they were still grieving like they was it didn't matter even though they had all this stuff it didn't make their process any easier and so I realized you know it must be like I don't know the birth of birth of photography the birth of film you know there'd be people from the century before the 19th century being like you've got a photo I've only got a painting and one memory of my father like so you know the way we capture things the way we obsessively capture things i think is is really interesting and it's interesting because i do think there's a a feeling behind it of trying to stop death and stop being forgotten and as you said it still relies on the internet existing in the way that you know might we have a video of a vhs of him but we don't have a vhs player so i you know we did get it digitized but then we needed a dvd player and then maxed up adding them to the drives guys so now we don't watch it like it's all it's all this idea that you can contain someone and I think it's yeah I found it really really interesting that I think we're all going to have to start thinking about it a lot more as you said like what you leave there's actually a lot a lot more stuff I mean before you might have gone into someone's house and been like fucking hell look at their record collection Jesus Christ what are we going to do with it and now you're like fucking hell look at all these drives Richard's gone (laughs) how many drives what series is this like what one is this like this is the book one but what like again it's the digital stuff we think we've decreased it but we've just 
put it somewhere else. Just put it in an invisible cupboard as opposed to yeah. a, a literal cupboard. Yeah. It, and, you know, I think, you know, the idea of remembering someone is, you know, it's, it's, it's important for you and it's important... But eventually, you know, however long it is, the, the memories only as long, lives as long as people who are interested. When my when my my grandma lived to like 102, wow, and had and had Alzheimer's disease, so she forgot every she forgot all of us. We'd go and say she didn't know who we were. Oh. But I really loved it because the only person she would remember from her whole life was her dad, who died like before oh. I was born, I think. But like, it's, it, I just loved the idea, and she just loved her dad. She, oh yeah, I'm Ernest, I love my dad. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't know. She didn't know her own daughter. She didn't know any of us. But I loved the idea for him. He, you know, he was decades dead. Obviously yeah, by that yeah. Stage. But I loved the fact that this, this for this, for this woman, that he, he, she, he was her last memory, and that his memory, you know, carried on to to that point. That's obviously, so my nice. mum still remembers him. But you know, but yeah. it's a lovely thing. To, you know, out of all, out of the horribleness yeah, yeah. of a woman forgetting everybody, her remembering her dad and still loving her dad <laughs> and going, "You remember your dad? Of course, I remember my dad." not remembering anyone else so but i think that that would be a that's a lovely little memento of if it, it, when when there's that there's that cartoon of um the 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 day of the dead cartoon which is a name i've forgotten of you must have seen it but um uh you know it's an animated film uh, it's oh called, coco uh, coco yeah. yes yeah, uh, yeah and that just that really is well because we were trying to get my grandma to remember her favorite music which she didn't everyone was singing it to her uh, and there's so whenever I see Coco, I'm gonna flood of tears because there's this this old woman who just finally remembers that her dad. Oh just God! At, just at the at the end of her life, but my grandpa never forgot him. So you know those those are the things that matter. You know, it's not you know like you say, stuff is nice and and but you can you can you only need a few things to remember someone by. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what I really realised. Like you know, I have a few things, but actually, it's more than enough for somebody who died 20 years ago and you know it doesn't mean when I come across something new or, or you know I get sent something you're still like oh wow god how, that's amazing that's amazing like how lovely you know if I see pictures of him as a child I haven't seen before you're like oh wow yeah. god wow but yeah you know it it doesn't stop the grief having thousands of emails that's the thing I realized I was like oh they've got all these communications and it's like yeah, still, it's still just like, oh yeah, I'll speak to you later. Love you, Dad. Kiss. Like it, it doesn't bring a person back. And no. I think, um, yeah, it's just a new world that we're definitely having to negotiate, which we we've, we've never had to. So I do think it's it's interesting to no, sort of note what's going to happen in the future. And and I mentioned it in the book as well, like that thing with Kim and Kanye, like when he made a hologram of her dad. <laughs> and I remember that the day that happened, you know, there was obviously lots of talk about it and everyone was like, wow. And my grief cast Twitter is very active and lots of people use it to help each other and talk to each other. And all of us were like, Oh my God, no. <laughs> like, I know, what? He definitely isn't in the club. How can you be in the club and think that a hologram, actually, I think he is. I think he lost his mom, didn't he? But it's just like, if someone had made a hologram, my dad, I would be so freaked out. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> this is so weird. So, you know, each to their own. And, and luckily, none of us have the funds to make that happen. So. <laughs> no, that's true. But maybe in the future, we'll <laughs> all just have a, little, yeah. we'll have a little robot of, our, of all of our oh, relatives God. sitting in the corner who have their personality and everything. Moaning about the telly and what you're doing. <laughs> and you go, why the fuck won't you fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you know, the Grief and love are the, as two kites, you know, two sides of the same coin. And the reason, if we didn't have death and if we didn't have grief, we would probably wouldn't have love at all. You know, I mean, I think the the, the danger of that peril of losing someone 
is what makes everyone so precious. If none of us died, you know, I'm not convinced we would we would feel as precious as we do about each other because you know it's it's it is that it is that jeopardy, and that we and we know at some point one side of that equation is, is going to go <laughs> and then eventually both of them. So it's, you know, it is, it is, it's a fascinating subject and it's, you know, it, and I, I think, as I've said, it's just, and, and with so many of the things in this, in this book club, but in comedy as well, just, it's amazing how, you know, I think it's comedians we forget as well, but just how, how little people talk about a lot of these things and, mm. and how things can really be problematic. I mean, smaller things than, than death generally, but the, the, if you just talk about, then they are almost instantly sorted out. But I think with with death, talking about can just you know can help. And what I love about this book is it's not. And now I'm all better. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely <laughs> and I, still in and therapy. I don't guys. mind anyone. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You know, because you never, it's never going to be that. So it's that honesty of you know you say it's, it's not going to be horrible as uh, for all the time forever. But it's also now it's not going to be. You're not going to reach a point of not caring about it, you know? yeah and I think that's the thing of like well I remember when I, f- I first finally went to therapy and she kind of like remember how I asked me like kind of why what, what I wanted and we sort of got to it that I kind of wanted to have no grief <laughs> I was like I want this to be sort of done you know this crying about everything and being so stressed or having all this anxiety and she was like well I think what we're looking for is like a normal level of like you know these feelings I was like what because I thought oh it never occurred to me. My whole search from teenagers was like, right, how can we get rid of it? How can we fix yeah. it? So it's done. It fucks off. And I finished level over. And I was just like, oh, I see. I'm going to have to deal with this shit forever. Oh, okay. And I do think, although that was obviously painful and disappointing to find out. <laughs> oh, that's not what I hoped humanity would look like. It was also easier. So I was like, oh, I see. So I'm going to carry it with me forever. Some days it's heavy, some days it's light, but I don't have to sort of stress about it or worry or feel guilty that I haven't done it right or it's still here or like it needs attending, you know, like it's a crack in the wall. Like I must fix that. Amongst, and, and It's a crack in the wall. Your house is fine. It's just always going to be there. Like it's just one of those things. And yeah. that just made it me like this weight lifted off me. I was like, oh, I, oh, okay, great. So I don't have to spend this time trying to run away from something that, you can't and it you know I've said before like it it would be weird to have no grief you have no emotion to it to be like oh yeah my dad died absolutely neutral about it couldn't care less like (laughs) that would be odd but that is often what people want to say when they're like oh you're over it they're looking for you to say yes I am never sad about this thing whereas like you said it's that's why we love each other that's why we're connected and you know I'm not a fan of the phrase grief is the price you pay for love because I've met so many people who didn't love those people and yet still grieve them so I will (laughs) caveat that just to say like you know you can still grieve someone that you you didn't love it can still be painful but I do think like you said what you said that was really interesting like that's what makes this process interesting this life interesting because it's finite and you can't capture it and you can't you know freeze it forever in the way that we think we can with the way we live our lives digitally um so yeah, I don't know. I've I've run out of a point, but there you go. By the book, <laughs> no, it was yeah. I don't think you have. I think it's great. Uh, there's 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 loads of other stuff. We won't talk about it, but but um, I love the stuff about the about understanding the five stages of grief. Is, oh, yeah. is about about bullshit. Being, well, it's about, it's not for the griever. It's yeah. for the person. You know, it's for the person. And I I sort of when I found, <laughs> had cancer, I basically did the I did the 
cartoon, the, the comedy film <laughs> Five Stages of Grief yeah. in about 10 seconds, literally just went, oh, well, and then I kind of accepted it. Went, okay, fine, well, let's work out exactly. Let's let's make sure Katie knows how to do the dishwasher was basically my, my end point. Uh, <laughs> before I go, my my skills must be passed <laughs> on. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of it's interesting to 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 see this from the from the other side uh, and mm. um and to you know and uh, I would just you know and you're a parent as well so you know you don't the, the idea that you could that your kids are going to be unhappy about your your death is is so horrible but but equally there's you know there's nothing you can do about no it. and also like it's I, going to happen. I did a funny gig where like we all stood up and it was like moments in your life kind of odd gig and this guy stood up and he was very nice and he stood up and told this story about how he had nearly died and it, you know it was a very hopeful beautiful story and it made him realize how much he loved his children and he said which obviously just for me he stood on stage and he was like and I thought you know what would her life be like if I hadn't seen her finish school go to university get married you know what would it be like and I was sat there thinking well it'd be my life and she'd be fine <laughs> like and I was so I text my friend who is my like school friend who um her dad passed away when she was eight and she's like my you know go-to gang girl grief girl and I was like can you fucking believe this man said that she was like oh god they always think they always think that we're in pieces without them and I was like yeah you know and ob- obviously I have been and obviously I'm sad but it's this idea that that it's it, it's un it, it's destroying it destroys people yeah. and you know obviously some people have obviously are destroyed by it, but but also this as well where you can you do live with it and you're you're all right ish <laughs> like yeah. that's all right that's that's not a bad thing to aim for so yeah you can't control it but you can sort of i think try and find a peace with it in your life and the only way to do that is to be like oh yeah okay it's gonna happen so maybe i can do some practical things like make sure people know how to use the dishwasher that, i think that's amazing like honestly that's the kind of shit you need where is the folder with all the things in how yeah, do you definitely. do the dishwasher um you know where do you keep the fabric softener like all this stuff you know that the other one doesn't know sit down and go through it with them it's true and look it's it is uh, it's true that uh, that a podcast has become a book it's happened to a few podcasts was that was the the process of getting this book published was it something you took to a publisher or did a publisher come to you um i'd had people asking for a bit of like oh you know what do you think about a book and is it something and, and then, to be honest it took me ages to get my head around how this conversation conversations that i was having would become a book and then it wasn't i suppose until i'd been doing it probably about i guess it was about four years and i thought oh actually well what happened was the same things kept coming up so people kept talking and i'd be like oh episode 97 you need to listen to that oh that's 13 listen to that and I was like oh I've got all this bloody you must have this I've got this wikipedia of my own show in my head and I was like oh I wish there was a place I could put all this stuff that we've all agreed on and I was like (laughs) oh well then that would be a book whereas I think when they first started asking I I was like oh I don't know how I would do that and so I wrote a proposal and then I I took it to a book agent who then took it to the publishers so I kind of I did know that people you know weren't definitely like get out of here (laughs) we don't want a book about death (laughs) but um it it, I guess it took me long enough to kind of learn the lessons and then I thought right this is worth telling people this stuff that I know yeah and I I really like you know I like that comedians 
uh, or comedy people end up writing these quite serious <laughs> books about it's quite so big mad, subjects. isn't it? And a huge, very... <laughs> huge someone, someone has spent the rest of their life researching eye bowling. We're like, well, I've talked to people for four, for seven years. I think I know. Yeah. I think I know what it's about. There's loads of because it's human and you're, you're a communicator. And uh, but like, like you say, you do you draw on all this stuff. I noticed that this is just a very technical point about the audio book that I'm interested in. I noticed that some of the excerpts from the from the podcast were from the podcast yes. and some of them you some of them you read out yourself was that was that, why, why did why did some of the excerpts not oh come do you know what podcast? I didn't even know that <laughs> I didn't <even> know that <laughs> maybe it's just because it wasn't a direct quote oh or yeah no I mean, sometimes we'd had to that was it so, so if we could take it from the podcast we did because obviously it's more interesting but sometimes it was like this quote had been truncated from like 15 right. minutes and you were trying to yeah get two points in to make a point so if it was like the edit would have sounded insane i think they just stuck with yeah. me reading it but um i hope to yeah. be people going i don't want to be in your fucking <laughs> <laughs> i do your podcast but i'm not being in your, but... your bloody um, but no, you've it's... had enough off me <laughs> blood sucker yeah no but it's great to have kind. all those voices and all those all those but it's not overwhelmed by that either it's not just you know that you could do a book which is Here's a load of transcripts of my Yeah, podcast. yeah. And that's and what I did want to spa- do. Yeah. yeah it's I very re- sparing. It's very sparing. It's great. It's really properly. It's Here's the bit of evidence and it, and it really, really works. I think especially as an audio book. Oh, good. Really Thank good. you. As I said, and now it is the correct files have been uploaded. So <laughs> look forward to me actually speaking in a normal voice. That'd be exciting. <laughs> well, it's a big recommend. I, I hope you, you will all buy it. You are not alone. Um, uh, by Carrie Ed Lloyd, of course. Uh, I ask people if they're reading anything at the moment that they would like to recommend or have read anything recently you'd like to recommend. I yesterday finished Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, which okay. I, I, you'll have seen the cover everywhere. It's like the metallic-y kind of Hokkaido wave. Uh, it's brilliant. It's so so good it's about two gamers in the 90s that start designing games and just their relationship and, you, and I'm not a gamer and you do not have to understand that world at all it's just just a really well written brilliant tale that is undoubtedly going to get made into television so watch it before right. someone ruins <laughs> your version of it okay terrific that's a great recommendation uh look Gary thanks so much for giving us your time Thank and you. uh good luck with the podcast and the, and the book of course uh and uh, thanks very much to Chris Evans not that one for his fantastic production skills and Ben Evans not that one uh, who <laughs> does so much work for the podcast and Chris believes is his son though he, he isn't <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the real housewives is a guilty pleasure for most 
But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thanks for listening. Go to GoFasterStrike.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one, uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.